0: Have you been zombified by stress? Welcome to the Zombified podcast, your source for fresh brains. Zombified is a production of Arizona State University and the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance. I'm your host, Athena Actipus, psychology professor at ASU and chair of the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance.
1: And I'm your co-host, Dave Lundberg-Kenrick, program media of something something at ASU and brain enthusiast.
0: Awesome. I love brains too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, Zombified is your source for fresh brains. Dave, it's your source. It's my source. It's our source. It got to have fresh brains. Yep. Yes. And today we have an awesome uh, fresh brain on the show, Mary Davis, who is a professor at ASU in um, my department here. She studies, among other things, stress and resilience to stress. And I think she has some super useful advice for all of us who have been zombified by stress. Yeah,
1: I think that today's episode has really good survival strategies for dealing with the way stress zombifies our brain.
0: Yeah, because I mean, part of stress is that you just go into mindless zombie mode, right? You like, you don't actually realize, am I getting the things done I want to get done? You're just reacting and you're not really being mindful. And so I feel like what kind of a better antidote to mindlessness than mindfulness?
1: Yeah, and and I really like how In the episode, Mary will really break that down for us. Like, she won't just say, Well, you need mindfulness and leave it at that. She'll really. Yeah. Show us how to achieve it.
0: Yeah. The other thing I love is that like you and I were like the whole episode. We're like asking her like, how can we use this with our kids? And she she totally was (laughs) willing to engage with us, even though she doesn't study that. But I know that for me, that's a huge thing. I'm always like, how do I deal with the stress of parenting and my kids being stressed? So So
1: I think it'll be particularly useful to people who are zombified by kids stress. But hopefully it'll be useful for people who are zombified by all the stress in their life. That's right.
0: Awesome. Well, let's jump right in with Mary Davis. Sounds
1: good. I know it's crazy, but it seems so logical. Try to fight it, but it's something psychological.
2: do
0: and how it affects us mm-hmm. and what are the what's the sort of you know short version of like what what actually is stress and why does it why does it affect us
2: if that's a much more complicated question than it <laughs> seems on the surface because we use the term stress just in everyday life we're stressed out about running out of groceries you know needing to run to the store or deadlines that kind of thing um, But stress, the way we kind of think about it, at least in health psychology, is that it's when whatever is um, placing demands on us, whatever the circumstance is, overwhelms our capacity to meet the demands. Hmm. So it's really distinguishing between things that we find challenging but think, oh, yeah, yeah, I can stretch, I can do this, I got this covered, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of people talk about more positive kinds of stress challenges that mm-hmm. you grow and stretch and meet and f- can feel elated by um, versus challenges or circumstances that are overwhelming. So you, something hmm. hits you and you know that you don't have the capacity to deal with it. And it could be, you know, think you can think of a lot of things, poverty being one. So, hmm. you know, the bill comes due and you don't have money that is definitely not a challenge. That is a stressor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're yeah. asked to do something that's beyond your capacity, um, mm-hmm. that is definitely yeah. a stressor, not a challenge.
0: So are the things that are like positive stress more things that you're sort of deciding yourself and the things that are negative, things that are being imposed on you, or is that not the way that it
2: well, it, you know, part of it depends on how you think about it, but in a in a broad sense, yes. Mm-hmm. So the sense that you're choosing things, you have a sense of control and volition, and you want to do it. Um, we make choices all the time to do stuff that are, that's a little bit challenging because we recognize that it has meaning or value, or we want to learn something new. Yes, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. I would say that's positive stress. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are imposed on us often. Uh, With a lack of control, which is stressful. In fact, the things the worst kinds of stress are the ones that are uncontrollable. But you know, because we have our big brains, we can sometimes refashion how we view things, even that are imposed upon us. To think, is this something I can find useful? Mm -hmm. So somebody asks me to do something that I didn't necessarily choose to do, or maybe they tell me to do something. I'm in a position to be told what to do. is this something I can still grow from and view in a way that's beneficial? So even how we frame mm-hmm. things that are imposed on us, pe- things people telling us to do certain things can still be changed into challenges. And mm-hmm. I'm not advocating that that's possible to do across the board. Of course, mm-hmm. it's not, but there are circumstances where, yeah, you can say, "Oh, this is a horrible, grungy task that i have asked, you know, have to do," that can be transformed into something something that is much more positive. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: Yeah, so why are we so stressed all the time? I mean, and it's not just us here in the psychology <laughs> department, right? We have so many things always to do, but I feel like everyone is stressed. I'm, you know, I always feel stressed. My friends, I talk to them on the phone. They live in other cities, they're stressed. My kids, they seem stressed. Like everybody, everybody seems
2: can I stress. can I turn it out on you yeah, a little bit? Yeah, so yeah. What, what do you think stress is, is stressing you and your friends and out
0: and your oh, kids out? You yeah, know, I think it's the this feeling that there, there's always way more that needs to get done uh-huh. than will ever get done. And yeah. and you know, and so you can kind of like carve times out and say, well, I'm just not going to think and worry about all those other things that need to get done and just focus on this one thing or take mm-hmm. a time out or mm-hmm. whatever but when you're in it when you're like in the yeah world of everything i mean it, it's stressful right yeah, it's-
2: yeah, I, I, I think there are so many more opportunities and so many more stimuli around us, partly because there are so many more people. We live in bigger social groups. We live in faster a faster-paced environment than, than in times past, um, that it's easy to view all the things that we're experiencing as of equal priority. Mm. So we lose sight of what matters most, what's really life and death kind of critical, mm-hmm. or what's the really the area or areas we want to be paying attention to and putting most of our effort or energy into, versus the whole morass of things that come at us. So it, it's really easy to get caught in thinking everything is equally important and pressing. Mm. So you think, I didn't do the laundry last night. My gosh, my kids are not going to have their soccer uniforms, and that's going to be a disaster, and, <laughs> and your children might think it's a disaster. But Really? is that really a disaster if a child has to put on a soccer uniform that's a tiny bit smelly or whatever <laughs> um, but I, but I think that that's part of what this fast-paced stress-producing environment does everything becomes kind of black and white simplified we don't do this higher order kind of consideration of what we really well, what who really has matters time to think about what really matters. <laughs> right. So it says cash yeah. twenty two, right? We yeah. think we don't have time yeah. because we've got so many pressing things to do, mm-hmm. which means we don't have time mm. because we don't take the time to say, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually work work my way through what's on my plate, what can what needs to get done, what's mm. absolutely critical for me because of it's life or death, beca- or or because it's a really high priority for me. To mm-hmm. accomplish, it matters versus the things that can be backburnered, mm-hmm. or even heaven forbid, declined. <laughs> you know, you can say uh, you can actually say, uh, "Thank you for this opportunity. I'm not. I'm not really in a position to take advantage of it." You
0: just said no without actually having to say no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a no. But because if, if you don't say no, ever say no, then you, then you never get a sense of what your priorities are. I mean, you, And to be able to say no, you have to have a sense of what matters to you. Because every time you say yes, it takes up time.
0: Mm.
2: It's, and you're, you can end up feeling like you have no time mm. because you've said yes to everything. And that's fine if if everything you're saying yes to matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have stress and you're going to it's going to be productive for you and you're going to feel like that's okay. I'm stressed, but I'm doing stuff that matters. Yeah. versus saying yes to everything, including the things that are not so important. Yeah, so what about the stress
0: of saying no, right? Like that in itself can feel so scary, right? To say no uh-huh. if someone's asking you to do something and you feel like oh well if I don't do it maybe I won't get this other opportunity or maybe they'll not like me
2: or that's like a fear of the fear of missing out or the fear of um, or the fear fear of of rejection or criticism or uh yeah or of
0: like not doing your part too like Mm. if you feel like someone's asking you to do something and you don't really want to do it but Uh huh. You feel like you should, or you know, if it's
2: yeah, I think that's a really good question, and it's one that people confront all the time. So I'm gonna circle back. I'm gonna sound a little bit like a broken record because if you really have a sense of what your values and priorities are, then someone asking you to do something consistent with that, you're gonna be Mm -hmm. more inclined to say yes. Maybe you're busy, but you know what? It's consistent with what you want to be working on. So so you're willing to put in some time. If it's not then you can decline with with, um, complete ease because it's not aligned with where you want to be putting your priorities and your time. And and there are always other people Mm -hmm. who can do what you are being asked to do. Mm -hmm. That's the other kind of myth I think we sometimes have. No one can do this but me. Mm -hmm. I've got news for you. They can't. <laughs> you're, not, you're not that special. You're actually. not <laughs> that special. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. We can yeah. we can end up thinking, oh, if I don't do it, who will? You know what? There are people who will. And I think if you think about your whole your the, all that's on your plate with a sense of priorities, then you will see. You'll decide whether you're contributing in ways that are meaningful. Mm-hmm. Are you pulling your weight? Are you doing your share? To, for the common good. Are you contributing to the com- community in ways that you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to, to do everything. Yeah. yeah. And if you're really aware of that, you can say, you know what? I am. I'm I'm doing my fair share or more, and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I'm comfortable. I don't have to respond to somebody else's priorities for me. Yeah. I remember
0: reading some study. I think maybe it was done with teachers where they had... Um, Some teachers, like, say yes to only the things that they decided that they wanted to help with. Mm -hmm. They had, like, a list of these are the things I really want to help students with. And then others who just said yes to all requests. And then some, like, I think who said no. And, like, the saying yes just to the things that you really want to do was associated with, like, way less burnout, I
2: think. Absolutely. Well, think, think about how much sense that makes. You are saying yes to something that matters to you versus feeling imposed upon. We talked about mm-hmm. the value of control. Yeah. When you're saying yes to things that are aligned with your values, you are in charge of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You are making choices. Yeah. Thoughtful choices. When you're saying yes because you feel like you have to, that will suck the life out of what you're doing. Mm. Right suck the life out of you right i mean think about the the, um so i'm not a developmental psychologist but i remember data from when i took my intro course way back when um about the intrinsic versus extrinsic reward you know Mm -hmm. if you if kids read because they love reading versus kids reading because they're paid to read books you know you read Mm -hmm. 10 books you're going to make 10 bucks if you want to suck the life out of something you know Take the intrinsic reward out of it. Do it Do it for, make it transactional. Mm. And there's a little bit of, I think, that going on when you're doing something just to be, get your chips, you know, yeah. your chips of being a good good person, being viewed nicely, mm. et cetera.
0: So the sort of reputational
2: concerns yeah. can maybe interfere a little bit with really doing what? I think they can. Hmm. Yeah, I think they can. If, if you're doing a lot of things because you want to earn, you know, your badges for your girl scout or boy scout sash you know <laughs> like i don't really care about learning to light a fire but i want another badge i mean that's that defeats yeah. the purpose of kind of learning and growing it's not that you can't find some um mm-hmm. joy in it but i think you're you cut the odds that you're going to actually find joy in something if you're doing it to earn a little another badge another line on your resume or your vita yeah Do, doing it because it's consistent with your values and your Um, priorities is a much better route to to staying alive and and lively in your work and in your life. Not being a zombie. Yes! (laughs) Not being a
0: zombie. Exactly. (laughs) Don't become the undead. (laughs) Stay alive. (laughs) Stay alive, please. Stay alive. Well, that kind of brings us to this question about whether stress manipulates us. Like, would you say that stress manipulates us or controls us or would you not take it that far?
2: I think it can. Um, I think when we're, you know, we're, we evolve to respond to immediate threats with a stress response where physiologically we're hyper aroused and we're very mm-hmm. focused on the, the threat or danger, so we're going to fight or flee or freeze. Um, so it's a valuable thing. We want to have that. If we don't have that, we are less likely to survive. We certainly were, our ancestors certainly were and there are instances even for us today where if we don't have that response we may be less likely to survive but in the modern world those kinds of stressors are few and far between you know for the most part it's most of what we face is not life and death and so but we act as if they are so we become real, we still are quite simplified in how we view the world we mm-hmm. become very black and white uh, our our emotions, our fear and anger might take over, and we might lose access to positive emotions like joy and interest. Mm. Um, and so in that, when we get in that state of hyper-arousal to threat, mm-hmm. we can be manipulated. Mm. We're not thinking so complexly hmm. when we're in that kind of aroused state. Mm. And so we may be more pliable to believe certain things or to act in certain ways. Wow. So stress can manipulate us, but then it can also make us more
0: vulnerable to being manipulated by other things. So it's like a double whammy of zombification. We're
2: not doing our most complex thinking Mm. when we are stressed. Mm. We're not at our best in being able to process information well when we are stressed. So we become like a stress zombie. Yes, I, I would say. And here I'm talking yeah. about the not the good stress, not the right, challenge right, where we right. have the, you know, that that can, it can be beneficial, but the, the more extreme threat-oriented stress. So what can you make somebody
0: do if they're stressed that they wouldn't otherwise do?
2: Oh, they can demonize groups of people who aren't like them. Mm. They can purchase things... This this is by the way this is not my area of of science. That's fine. So I'm generalizing (laughs) from what I know about thinking of stress. Um, You can be if you want to alleviate the threat. So you want to if you feel threatened, you want to feel safer. So you do things to feel that are going to make you feel safer. And that may be say clustering with people who are more like you, Mm. um, so that you feel safer. It may be um, making sure you're well defended if you view the world as threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to you're, what you want, want to do is try to increase safety, your sense mm-hmm. of safety and security. Mm-hmm. And so anything you can be pushed around to try to increase your sense of safety in mm-hmm. ways that you may not be aware of. You mm-hmm. just know that you feel threatened and you're mm-hmm. pretty agitated and can then be moved.
0: Yeah. So do people do do people
2: stress other people out in order to
0: manipulate them?
2: Again, this is probably a better question for a social psychologist. Yeah. But the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're maneuvered all the time mm-hmm. by thinking that we are lacking something that everybody has and is completely necessary by being activated to think that we're a threat. I think of some of those, I'm probably going to get into trouble for saying this, some of those alarm commercials, you know, where they want you to alarm your home and they make oh, you yeah. feel, feel like... Your neighborhood is, everybody's getting broken into. You see the creepy guys outside ringing your doorbell and they've got, you know, they're casing your house. That's a great example of being zombified. Yeah. Because they are using your propensity to to fear creepy looking strangers at your door to make you buy a product.
0: Yeah. I saw one on the highway. It was a billboard that said... You're on your way to work, so are the burglars. Yes,
2: perfect example.
1: I get I get calls from the from the internet company. Oh, like, I have yes. my webpage through. And they're like, yeah. your web page doesn't have private ownership. So anyone who looks at your web page like, knows who you are. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point of my webpage. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a picture of me. Like, and so, but they they're just like, we're just warning you. And your web page isn't safe, and I'm always yeah. like, "Well, if it was that safe, why'd you sell it to me right. in the first place?" <laughs> right, you know? But right. they want to sell this other privacy like, They do, yeah, they privacy thing. do. And, and even so. even
2: the, the con, I thought you were gonna go with the con artists who are calling you saying, "Your Microsoft software is being infiltrated right this very minute. Mm. But get on, you know, we we need to help you. We're gonna virtually, you know, come into your computer and and protect it." It's mm-hmm. exactly where you're being zombified yeah. Yeah. By these, in these con games. Like you're in immediate right. danger of having all your data wiped yeah. out. Let us help you. Um, that's a, another example. of and, and in the moment, it yeah. seems plausible because you're on Wi-Fi. You do have a computer. <laughs> you yeah. do have Microsoft <laughs> Windows. Yeah. You think oh, it, it's possible and yeah. you become alarmed. I've known very bright people. Um, I was sitting next to a, a woman on a plane not just a couple months ago. She had just bought into one of these scams. Very, you know, oh, business wow. owner, very had been very successful. She fell prey to this scam. Now, wow. is she stupid? No. Yeah. She was zombified in the moment yeah. by one of these calls. Right.
0: Yeah, I got a call a couple of days ago or last week, um, and the guy said, you know. This is the police department, you're under investigation, blah 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 blah. And yeah. um my heart rate went up, even though he had a very, very thick accent. So I knew it was a scam from yeah. the moment he started talking. Yes. But still I was That's like, yeah. what do you mean I'm under invest like my you know, my brain was still getting activated by hearing those words, even though it was very clearly a scam and i'm pretty sure it was just a recording as well yeah right yeah
1: Yeah. i would get recordings that i had (laughs) not paid taxes like and that i was like under invested they were like this is the fourth call from the irs and i like looked it up and like it was like the irs doesn't just have a robo call like they let you know like you know before the fourth call and so but it's freaky it is
2: because
1: i'm always like i don't know maybe one year i could have forgotten especially like when i was running a small business and i had a bunch of clients i was like oh my god you know so it was right
2: there that's a really another good example like we we can be zombified and it's not because we're dumb. It's because in those moments, we are highly stressed, highly activated, physiologically aroused, and we are not processing complexly. We are zeroed in on the threat, and we want to alleviate that threat as soon as possible.
1: Yeah. Now, I have a question about, because I seem to suffer from a different type of stress when I, like, I always seem like I'm the least stressed when I'm, like, working my head off. And then mm-hmm. I come home, and I start thinking... Oh my gosh, like, well, one is them driving traffic, which is stressful. And then I'm thinking, oh, I wanna try to like move closer to school, but it's so expensive and it seems like Mm -hmm. it's getting more expensive because it's getting built up. And I get
0: Mm. just
1: panicked when I have
0: time to think.
1: Time to think. Like that's the (gasps) word. Like I'm much better when I'm like, you know, when I'm like, okay, this is what I gotta do today, and it's a lot, but then that's I just do it and I do it and I do it. Mm -hmm. But then when it's like stops, then I get like Uh panicked and like the early morning and late at night are always like my most Mm -hmm. panicked times you know yes and it's usually I think about things I have very little control over the housing market or you know Uh like things like that like they just and so I don't know I'm just sort of curious as to how that Affects people like well, I think that's I think that's
2: a little bit of another example. Dare I say it of being zombified? And you are not alone. (laughs) You know that we go down these paths in our brains. You know we've got these big brains, and they're so good in so many ways. But but they afford us lots of opportunity to live in the past and ruminate about what we have done, what we should have done, right? That's true, right? Do you, do you do that as well? Right,
1: when I'm thinking about like the housing market. Yeah, like, oh, if oh, only I, I had bought when the market. Yes, blah, 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 yeah. if yeah. only, exactly. oh
2: my gosh, yeah. yeah. So we ruminate about the past and we ruminate or, or uh, think about the future. And that makes us worry. So we worry, worry, worry. And in those moments, you are actually not living that moment. Right. You're living something in the past, which is gone or something in the future which is yet to come. So I would say that's a version of how we are zombified. We spend very little time. I would say when you're working, it sounds like you're right in that. You're in the flow, as Csikszentmihalyi would say. Yeah. we wrote Um, about being in the flow. You have lost track of time because you are so focused on doing what you're doing.
1: And I know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. so this is yeah. what we're doing. This and is
2: what we're so, doing, and, and you're, and, and it's all, it's all good.
1: Outlook, Outlook yeah. takes care yeah. of everything. Well, yeah. you and know, it's, and it's
0: so. also, it sounds like you have a feeling of like efficacy, and like mm-hmm. you're getting the stuff done, and maybe like a little more control. And then when yeah. all that is over, it's like all the shit that yeah. you can't control, right? Right. that's right. And
2: so yeah. I think, I think that rumination and that forecasting are efforts to control what isn't controllable. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. future isn't controllable. Can you take steps to move yourself in a direction you think you want to go? Absolutely. But thinking about it ruminatively isn't moving but you I do in that like direction. Spend, I yeah. probably spent
1: three years of my life, yeah. you know, like if you just put it all together, just ruminating. Yeah. And just like <laughs> I, like huh. just like an hour yeah. every morning and an hour every night, you know? Yeah. Like and so mm-hmm. and I've never felt like that was such that, a good use yeah. of. <laughs> that made me feel oh, yeah, so I've been, I've, happy. I've solved, finally I've solved it. Yeah, um, hmm. and I, I always went, like why do why do we do that? Like why, like why do our brains fixate on stuff like that? Or my brain at least, you know.
2: Um, well, I think I think there's variability. So a lot, some people don't do that. I know it's surprising for those of us who do do it that <laughs> anybody could not be doing that. Um, you know, I don't have a good answer for it, uh, but I think it, it probably does link to our sense of wanting to try to have some sense of control. And I think the antidote to it is really trying to um, to focus back on the moment. You know, we, one of the things that I've Studied and and practiced is mindfulness, and that is really the whole the central point of it to try to live the moment. When we're ruminating, when we're forecasting, thinking about the future, we're really caught in that experience as if it's real and as, as if it's who we are. You know, it's just that we're just this one big blobby, non-complex, ball of probably anxiety and thinking and. Sure. Right? Does that feel familiar? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so the idea is, how do you increase? How do you, how do you come back to a sense of complexity of what's happening? Mm-hmm. And that's by trying to start to separate out this moment, and who who you are is not your thinking. Who you are is not your anxiety. Who you are is not your your sadness. Who you are is not even your joy. You're separate from those things. Those are part of your experience, and they move through like the breeze moves through. As opposed to being, acting Mm -hmm. like, thinking, feeling like it is me. I am my anxiety. I am my ruminative thinking. Like, it's all just this one big blob of me
0: Mm
2: -hmm. all fused together. Mm -hmm. So the idea is how do we get, and that's zombified. I'm this one Mm -hmm. big blob of kind of um, reacting, automatically reacting, Mm -hmm. automatically ruminating, automatically worrying Mm -hmm. about the future. It's automatic. Right. So how Mm -hmm. do you become less automatic? And one way to do it is to try to become more mindful. So you actually can then make choices about what you want to do.
1: So let's say, even though I don't know that this mm-hmm. was, but. Yeah. So, like with my stress, right? Because a lot of times, it's also there's this idea of there are things that are out of my control. And then I also have this feeling where it's like almost like the world is going to be developed to the point where like my kids have nowhere to live you know what mm-hmm. I mean and I'm just like I get this the like stress panic.
0: apocalypse. yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. and then
1: it's like and I I tell myself okay I gotta get up and I gotta get showered and I gotta get the uh-huh. kids ready for school uh-huh. but it's hard to fight that sort of voice of but eventually what's it the world gonna good. be like for them right. and are they gonna be able to even get Jobs, Because the world right. is changing so much, you know, right. and like, how can somebody be mindful under those circumstances, I guess? When the, the
2: apocalypse is coming, is that what you're exactly saying? Exactly. Yeah. How of to be mindful just, in the apocalypse. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So um, the truth is that we don't know okay. what the future holds. Who could have imagined... 100, 150 years ago, what the world would look like. Who could imagine 20 years ago what the world would look like today? We don't know what's going to happen. And so um, thinking and worrying is spending a lot of time on something we just have no idea about. So again, I think it's our effort to try to exert some control by thinking we can see the future or control the future, and we can't. So how so what's the what's the antidote? The antidote is to live well now. This moment and this moment and this moment according to your priorities. See, I'm circling back uh-huh. on the theme of live well now in line with your priorities and values and what you want to be contributing, what makes meaning for you. And the future will take care of itself. And I, you know, I think when I when I get overwhelmed sometimes, I, I've been worrying about Climate change since I was in the fifth grade. So it's been like, I don't know, 50 years, forty, whatever it is, 45, 50 years. I've been worrying about this. Like, how much good did it wor- do me to worry for 50 years? Like, that's a lot of, like, your <laughs> rumination, that's like a yeah. lot of worry. And my mom, she has a saying for everything, and she's, you know, I've just learned she's always right um, light a candle where you are. And that is, this is the moment. Do in this moment. <laughs> what matters, how you can contribute, in whatever way you can, small or large. And for most of us, it's, it's smaller. And that, the future will take care of itself. So light a candle. And I, I say that to myself at least three three times a week. Like, light, no, no, just light the candle, just light a candle. Hmm.
1: So, so by lighting a candle, is it like lighting a candle, light a candle against, where you against are. the sort of darkness that you're afraid of? Or just yeah. like, what is the, the candle? The, sort it's of sort of light a why?
2: candle where you are. So instead of you can think about um, all the possibility, horrific things in the future, the global whatever, and be paralyzed by that. Do you find it paralyzing? Yes. Yeah. So you can be paralyzed by that versus taking this moment and in this moment doing your part. To make the world a better place in whatever way you have determined that to be. So rather than be paralyzed, do something in line with your values and something that's meaningful to you.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does. It's like
2: like if you can get paralyzed by zombie, which is zombified, Mm -hmm. that paralysis is another version of zombification. Mm -hmm. So, how do you? Take this moment and act in this moment according to what matters. And by that, in that way, you're lighting a candle, light a little candle where you are, wherever you are, and that contributes towards moving to the to a future. And by the way, you know, people talk about planting trees now that you may never see. You may never sit under a tree. You can't know. You plant a tree because it matters to you to plant the tree. Uh And you get to see. Maybe you'll get to see it bloom and grow. Maybe you won't. But what matters is you're planting the tree now. That makes sense. And maybe tomorrow and the next day, you're planting these trees, and you're just saying, "Okay, I trust that I'm going to act according to my values. I'm going to light my little candle or plant my little tree, and it's going to, it's I'm going to contribute, whether it's you know creating more justice in the world, having an impact on climate change, making you know my community kinder, whatever acts you can do in the small and large." On a day to day basis to contribute, that's what you can do to become unzombified and make, you know, unparalyze yourself.
1: Right. And I do find that that helps for me at night. Like at night sometimes, Mm -hmm. since my computer is still here at work, I'll come by like after, because often I go to the gym like after work, and then I'll come back for a little while and either write or Mm -hmm. work. And I feel like I'm moving forward on mm-hmm. projects I care about mm-hmm. and then I can go home those nights and feel better.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you're like, helping to like reduce the global burden of zombification yeah. by making this podcast too. Yes. Right?
1: Yeah, that's true, but I, I mean, I, I, it's <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not yeah. stressed about the global burden as much as I'm stressed <laughs> about my own personal burden, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, it's, it so, is,
2: yeah, um. I think it is interesting if you, um, if you just try a little experiment, like well, I carry around this little book, uh-huh. and every day I write down, um, I, I do mindfulness meditation. I write down at least one thing I'm grateful for. I write down some way I've connected with other people, and I write down because it matters to me. Writing, have I have I written something today? Have I worked towards mm. writing because that's something that matters to me, and. There's something of value about tracking. You know, what you pay attention to, what you actually monitor changes. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you try this and see if it has some kind of impact on your well-being over, I would say, several weeks' time, that would be great information for you because that's a way to try to de-zombify. Paying, okay, I'm going to write down, have I acted in ways that matter to me today? And what are those things? Mm-hmm. Have I savored some moments today? And at the data show, that will improve your sense of well-being. And the great thing about that improved sense of well-being is it makes you feel like you can move out and act more in the world.
0: So what do we know about the mechanisms that underlie that? Like why does stress make it hard for us to really be kind of present with what's important for us and think complexly? And then how does mindfulness make like bring us back to ourselves well i think
2: that we have evolved to respond to acute stressors that that abate quickly you know the predator attacks and it either eats you or you escape and then the predator is no longer threatening you and you calm down and go on gathering and hunting or whatever you're doing but we evolved into a, war- a complex world where we now have a sense that the stress is ongoing. So we have chronic, chronic stress. We are acting as if we're on high alert all the time or most of the time. And so that system that evolved to simplify our thinking so we could get away or you know, freeze or fight now is activated a lot more of the time. So we act as if we're in this state of high alert, simplified thinking. And in the interest of com- making ourselves more complex thinkers again, we need to kind of calm down mm-hmm. and expand our capacity to process information. And, and feeling, I don't know if you've ever um, paid attention to when you feel you're most creative, is that when you're juggling childcare, laundry, deadlines, grant deadlines, Writing papers, in-laws are visiting. Right? Are you at your most creative? Like, whoa, boy, I am so, my mind is just expanded. I'm thinking of new things. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? No, you're, you're at your most simple. Right. You are not thinking outside the back box when all those things are happening. So to the extent that we can slow down and pay attention and boost our sense of fulfillment and, and joy and meaning, it helps us become more creative. It helps us feel more productive, especially on the things that matter to us.
0: Yeah.
2: Does that answer your question?
0: Definitely, yeah. Okay. So I have another question, mm. which uh, Dave and I were sort of talking about this mm. earlier, which is about contagion, like stress. Is stress contagious? It seems to be. Do we know anything about well, how and why that happens?
2: Well, I think, and I think, again, it, probably there's in, there are individual differences in how contagious, how much we pick up contagion of mm-hmm. others for good and ill. But, um, you know, some social network analysis. I'm trying to remember if they measured stress, um, uh, looking at just social networks and how, you know, obesity moves through social mm-hmm. networks, smoking risk can move through social networks, and... And um mood can move through social networks. So we can experience even not not just you, to, you know one to one, but beyond kind of can can be contagious from person to person to person. So I suspect I haven't studied this um, that there's a lot of variability, individual mm-hmm. differences in how much we absorb. yeah I know and that, like, catch other people's
0: moods yeah for me like if there's people who are stressed around me like I get stressed yeah but like my husband I mean it could be literally the zombie apocalypse around him and he could just just be like filling out this form and be fine and I'm so definitely I mean in my personal life I notice this like huge yeah. difference yeah. And, yeah that
2: some of us yeah. are more sensitive and are more likely to pick up and absorb whatever is going on around us and that may be good and bad right um, it can be double-edged so yeah i think stress it can be contagious hmm. and it's useful then to be aware of sometimes you think why am i st- uh, why am i stressed and then you realize you've abs- you've really absorbed the stress of somebody else hmm. right it's not even yours hmm. so it's yet again another way that being aware and mindful can help you say oh interesting yeah I'm feeling this and it's really not what's going on in my experience right at this moment Mm -hmm. that can help you let it go
0: yeah and how about for the other side of that so you know how can you keep from stressing other people out like are there you know so you're not perpetuating this stress zombification Uh through your social networks and family and workplace well
2: I think the more that you pay attention on a day-to-day, even moment-to-moment basis, to the extent that that's possible, um, of your own moments and your own uh, meaning-making, you're going to be less stressed and more even uh, even keeled yourself. So you're gonna you're gonna have less stress to so to infect other people. Mindfulness right? is contagious too, maybe? I, I think it is. Yeah, so I, I do. I think, um, you know, you've, you've been around people who are just have this evenness. Yeah, kind of like you. Oh, while well, you're being yeah. very calm. <laughs> it's polite. true though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. that, and that um, and that, that, that can be really useful. Because, you know, we, we do regulate one another. We mm-hmm. are social creatures. So to the extent that you become a little more even, you can also affect other people and help make them more even. As
1: so, well. so like, you were saying when I was talking about my sort of, like, nighttime stress to, like, yeah. make a list. Yeah. Like, and that would seem like a really good practical sort yeah. of thing. In terms of being self-aware in the mm-hmm. moment of being stressed, because mm-hmm. that seems to me like that could be a thing that could mm. be really difficult for people.
2: Mm-hmm. What oh. should people do
1: in order to facilitate that? I'm themselves? so
2: glad you asked. I might have left this out. Um, there is this wonderful tool we have called breathing. <laughs> and how it, expensive is that? <laughs> it, it is priceless. <laughs> you could not pay someone enough to obtain it. And it, um, the beauty of breathing is that it's always there. It's free. And um, when you breathe, pace your breathing and breathe slowly and deeply, you can activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Can we do it
0: for a minute here? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to, yeah. do you want me to yeah. just
2: guide you? Yeah. OK, we'll just settle into your chairs a little bit. It means leaning back away from the microphone. All right. And just feel your, your seat. Your way to the back of your legs meet your seat, your feet on the ground. You can just rest your hands gently in your lap. And just take about three breaths, just noticing when you breathe in, how the air flows into your lungs and into your belly. And then as you breathe out, the air feels a little more warm and moist. And again, as you breathe in, And as you breathe out... And if you notice yourself thinking or worrying, you can just notice that. Maybe label it, oh, there's a worry. And then just come back to your breathing. Just come back to the breath. That's your anchor in this moment. Feel your shoulders settle down a little bit. And feel yourself centered in your breath. If your attention is called away to some part of your body, maybe some sensation of tightness or pain, discomfort of any kind, just notice it. You don't have to change it. Don't do anything with it. Just notice it. Might label it, oh, there's tightness, oh, there's pressure. And then just let it go very gently and come back to your breath. Breathing in and out. Maybe and just taking two more breaths. wiggling your fingers and toes and maybe moving your feet around and when you're ready just open your eyes. We're back. Oh, that was that is very yeah. relaxing. Yeah. So. It's amazing isn't <laughs> it yeah. and it doesn't you know the beauty of it is you don't have to be a monk you know in a, in a, a sanctuary or monastery on some high mountain doing this hours and hours a day. Very little practice on a regular basis, can really help. In any moments, you can do this. You know, I I pause throughout the day and just mm. breathe two or three breaths to anchor myself so, in the moment. But what if you don't do it perfectly? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that too. Right, and that's a that's a common th- question people have. Like, oh, that was such an awful breathing because my mind was everywhere and my body, or oh, it always just a disaster. It's exactly how it should be. However, it is for you. Whatever time you do it, it changes. Usually, changes from time to time to time to time. It's exactly what it needs to be. So it's okay to be a disaster sometimes. It's it's not. I wouldn't even call it a disaster because it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Oh, so, today, today, yeah. yeah, today was a day where my mind was just all over the place. You know, oh well, that's the kind mm-hmm. of day that was. So, huh? Interesting. Yeah. It's so, all interesting. You know, just be curious about whatever's there and don't try to change it.
1: So yeah. now, what about for people if they they're getting stressed in a social situation, mm-hmm. and they may be aware like, oh, I should take time to breathe, yeah. but how do they set that up? You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it's like, do you, it, let's say, like, what's a situation let's, where I someone's going to be stressed around?
2: Well, say you're going to a party or something, you're going to, well, to a party. A well, party is like a
1: situation you... where you could probably walk out. So I would say somebody oh, okay. is like. Either like so. with well the the one that comes to my mind for myself is I t- was taking my kids on a ski trip oh. and they I just spent all this money buying them skis and stuff and they were like the boots they didn't like the boots you know mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like getting totally overwhelmed because I was uh-huh. like oh my gosh this is a disaster uh-huh. right? but my kids are there Um uh-huh. and so.
0: Actually, can I expand this out? Because the thing I wanted to ask about was like in families Mm. and like with kids, because kids Mm. get stressed really easily, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's totally normal. And Mm -hmm. like in today's world, I think there's even more because they're getting sucked Mm -hmm. into this Mm -hmm. huge system with all these stressors, too, at an early age. And so like when you are in a family context and when you are trying to maybe help your kids deal with the stress, because The boots are uncomfortable, or they they forgot their homework, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So So how, as parents, or Mm -hmm. as members of a family, or just Mm -hmm. of any good, any close social group, you Mm -hmm. know, where you're influencing each other, like, but I I think especially like with kids, because I mean, I think for those of us who have kids, we're worried about our kids' stress.
2: Yeah, it's and you're responsible for them. There's so much of a tie. Um, I think the the. Bottom line is, you are right, Athena. That the best thing you can do is to, to be regulating yourself as priority mm-hmm. one. So breathing and realizing, oh, this isn't a this isn't a catastrophe or a disaster. It's just uncomfortable. Oh. No, it's just a moment of discomfort. Um, it's not, and it'll and it'll change. And then when your kids are stressed, I think if you're modeling that and speaking that way, yeah, this is really uncomfortable. Not not dismissing their stress mm-hmm. or discomfort. I mean, it does exist for them. Saying, yeah, it's, I get it. It's really uncomfortable. So what do you think we can do? Can we just take a moment? Let's just let's mm-hmm. just think about what we can do. So you kind of lower the temperature. You acknowledge the distress and call without adding to fuel to the fire. Yeah, oh my god, it is a catastrophe. What are we like, yeah, it's really this is really not very satisfying, right? It's just not the way we would want it if we got to choose mm-hmm. everything that was happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it feels like kind of a bummer. So, what can we do? How can we what are what can we do to make make this go better?
0: So you kind of engage them in yeah, how can you change the
2: situation, maybe yeah. restoring some sense of Control. Yeah. yeah, and in a way, you're doing in a in a mini version of what we're doing. Like pause, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking taking a little moment to pause and breathe. You're kind of labeling the situation in a more objective way. Not so, not disaster, but yeah, it's a, uncomfortable. Maybe not exactly what we would choose, and acknowledging the discomfort, and then saying, okay, given that, now we've now we're with it. What, what are our choices? Mm-hmm. Let's, Go let's, home. Let's <laughs> that's <laughs> probably that what say. my kids would say. Go <laughs> home because they work out. Well, yeah, we could do that. Really, is that what you want to do? Because here are some other options. You you know, you, you, mm-hmm. for, Depending on the ages of your kids, you're, you can help them work through. Well, that's an option. Sure, mm-hmm. we could do that. And here are some other possibilities. So let's think about what, whether that's the one we want or there these other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what do you think? We could we could go home, we could try to make, we could try out these skis, see what happens, you know, and and if we don't like it, we can go home after that. You know, you start to, like, take a moment and really, again, become Mm de-zombified, and think a little bit more complexly, and help your kids see how you're working it through with them. Yeah, I have the same thing as you, were like,
0: if it seems like I've done all this planning to make uh. something really good and then the kids, like, they get stressed and mm-hmm. so then they don't want to do it. I'm like, but I spent all this oh, time, right? Yeah. And so it, like, it stresses me because I feel like I've spent all this time to uh, make, yeah. you know, and spent money and whatever. And it's like, we have, but we have just this one weekend or what, you know. Right. Yeah. So it seems uh-huh. like, yeah. But yeah. then, I mean, I, it totally makes sense to, like, say, okay, well, maybe they also just need that open space to process a little bit and yeah. that i don't have to think just because they're saying they don't like it or they want to go home that that's actually what we have
2: to do now right because right? like, i think that's exactly right because right? yeah. that's very yeah. automatic yeah. right let's oh they're distressed let's get rid of this distress okay we'll go home right. versus saying oh they're distressed okay let's just take a moment mm-hmm. and yeah the distress is real okay Let's just call it that. Yeah. It's kind mm-hmm. of uncomfortable. Boy, it's not quite what we planned.
0: Right. Yeah. didn't
2: not go in quite the way we planned. <laughs> right. So, what are what can we do? What are our options? Right. And going home is certainly one of them. But yeah. there are other it's yeah. not one of <laughs> 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 yours Maybe say, well, yeah. we could we could try them out.
0: And right. if we don't like yeah. it,
2: we can, you know, yeah. stop for the day. We could um Take them off now or and go just mm-hmm. walk in the snow for the moment? You know, I don't yeah, know what that, the that options does would
1: be. seem like that. Like, and I think if I had had that conversation Let's go with my have a snowball kids, fight. Yeah. get uh, yeah. some of the energy yeah. out. Or even it. said, well, yeah. the reason I would like to, mm-hmm. um us to try it is whatever reason I would have had, which is yeah. that this is a skill that I think they'll really enjoy. And then yeah. I could see... How about it.
2: if we just yeah. give it a
0: try? Yeah. yeah. Like five so, yeah. minutes. Yeah, It sounds like otherwise we kind of all end up zombifying each other and it's almost like this I don't know I just had this image of a pinball machine the balls like yeah. bouncing around everywhere and activating everything and then like the whole system um, ends up doing something that really isn't right. in control it's just,
2: just yes yeah. and I, I think we're, we get ourselves set up for those kind of things when we create these idealized versions of what things are going to be mm. you know people this happens around the holiday season oh yeah. <gasps> family's going to be together the meal's going to be great we're going to be sitting by the fire although not in Arizona <laughs> and um that it's going to be f- fabulous like we see mm-hmm. portrayed all around us yeah. and it turns out to be not that and it can be really easy to get zombified in those situations like this is a disaster how come everybody else's family is happy and my right. family yes. has yes. conflict <laughs> and, yeah, Right? but it's so I think we can become a little trapped and zombification can occur when we set up we set up an idealized sense of what something's going to be, a vacation, yeah. you know, whatever. And yeah. when it doesn't play out the way we imagined, right. we can we, we can be set up to um, be really disappointed and get caught in a mm-hmm. you know, stress, stressful, lonely, sad, et cetera, as opposed to saying, well, this is what it is. Yeah. Huh, interesting. And so kind of getting... Comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's you. Sometimes. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. If we can become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, we will feel happier over time, have Mm. more well-being over time. Mm. It's in this ironic kind of way.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: it sounds crazy, but it's like if we can just get a little bit more tolerant of discomfort without having to do anything about it, Mm. Mm. well-being will increase. I mean, Mm. there are data. Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: it's like if we sort of deal a little bit with the fact that, yes, sometimes we get zombified, sometimes mm-hmm. our kids get zombified, we aren't yeah. always in control. Yep. But just being aware and seeing that maybe helps us to get some of that feeling of autonomy yeah, back.
2: It does. And get back in the driver's seat it, a little bit. It does. Bit. Yeah. Noticing when you're zombified, pausing. <laughs> right. Now don't forget the pause and the breathing. Yeah. And and paying attention to the moment. Acting in accordance with what matters to you and with what matters right. to each right. of you is being a good parent, helping your kids learn to deal with discomfort and disappointment and move forward and right. yeah. Which, yeah, that's yeah. actually
1: part of why we were going skiing in the first place. Just yeah. so to sort of Yeah for them to practice doing something that's sort of difficult. Yeah but then gets easier. Yeah. So, but so
2: yeah so So if you can do that um notice when you're most zombified and in those moments breathe Mm -hmm. and then see what the options are to Mm -hmm. move forward so
0: kind of combat the mindlessness of being a zombie with some mindfulness
2: uh, that would be my prescription excellent yeah well
0: mary thank you so much oh it's my pleasure really talking to us today this was i think this was great i
2: think
1: this and it really sort of drove home this sort of idea, especially when we were talking about sort of families and how the stress of one person sort of does affects the rest of the family. Because yeah. that really is, on top, beyond yeah. that the nighttime stress I was yeah. talking about, we, yeah. definitely, we definitely have that, where it's like one person in the family and then everyone in the family.
2: Well, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about and you might edit this in is this notion be it kind of what we talked about earlier about feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got all these things to do. Yeah. So we have no we feel we have no reserve, right? There's yeah. nothing to give beyond I'm giving everything, right? So when something like a ski breakdown happens we have we we're at our worst in terms of being able to breathe breathe our way into kind of some calmness yeah so it's like layer it's layered on top of the ongoing that's why I think this kind of building in some daily prioritization breathing etc helps make it easier in those family crisis moments when your kids are you know you're activated because your kids are stressed and now you're stressed you don't have a lot of reserve. Yeah.
1: So so let's let's address this real quick because when it, I was picturing it before, as we do the breathing, as a sort of. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, there's two different types of, like, medicine. Like, the medicine, like, almost like a Tylenol you take after the headache has started. Oh, but yeah. Is, are you sort of saying we should it's take like it more a like a vitamin? Yeah, like I, a, yeah, I'm
2: saying it, yes, preventative. So building a practice, just like you, if you want to run a marathon, you run, you know, uh-huh. you train. Uh, mindfulness works the same way. So the regularity, and I would say doing it every day or nearly every day for whatever m- moments you can is more important than doing it once a week for an hour. Okay. Because just like running for an hour on a weekend would be painful and not necessarily produce you know, the kind mm-hmm. of gains in fitness that you hope to achieve. So daily, brief daily, and then building on that creates this, a bigger sense of being able to live mindfully and be to, tolerate discomfort. Because you are going to be uncomfortable if you sit, you know, if you meditate. You're going to feel your anxiety and label it and let it go and over and over and over again. Yeah. And that builds your capacity to tolerate distress. It kind of sneaks up on you. You'll all of a sudden think, Oh, well, I'm I'm dealing better with this than I used to. Mm-hmm. So huh, how interesting. Mm-hmm. And then in the moments when you need it, you can use it again. So it is like Tylenol, regular Tylenol, and then when you're when you have a bad headache, you can use it then too. Okay. Makes I've got sense. one more. I promise right. it's short. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's the morning and like nobody's had breakfast yet, the lunches are only half made, (sighs) and there are no socks Mm -hmm. that my daughter likes Mm -hmm. that are available, Mm -hmm. um, and there's no way anybody's going to get to school on time. Mm -hmm. So in that kind of scenario, like how, how do you actually find that peace and that like non-franticness when it feels like the only way of solving the problem is with a totally crazy
2: frantic stressed approach. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so I'm I'm just have to confess that I'm not a parent. So I haven't had those. I mean, I have been a child in those moments, but I have not been a parent in those moments. So take this. (laughs) But but I I think
0: any you know, situation where it's
2: like the time, like the the
0: time is stressing you. And so it feels like the way to solve it is to be frantic and crazy. But that's just going to make you like drop the thing and forget something. And like it's going to get
2: worse. So I I think you start. uh, Here's my guess. If you started by saying, what is the worst thing that could happen? My kids will be late to school. Is that a disaster? Is it a disaster?
1: I know it's. I, I've. I've. My kids have been late to school
2: enough times <laughs> that and I can you, actually you have say to, And you have yeah. live lived to tell lived, about it. I'm
1: getting the letter from you the too. school. You too. I've gotten the letter too. And, yeah, right. and it doesn't even phase me because yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know
2: what? It's, it's life.
0: Yeah, I. So, I, right? I even got a call from the. Yeah, And you,
2: too, are call. here yeah. and living to tell about it. <laughs> <laughs> so some mornings are like that. And so you say, okay, well, we're going to do the best we can. Yeah. Just do the best you can. Yeah. And maybe it's that your kids are going to be late, and oh, well, maybe they're going to have kind of mediocre lunches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're gonna have to spend a little bit of time with your daughter going through, you know, the dirty socks to find the ones that are the cleanest <laughs> that she likes.
0: I like how we're coming full circle to right. wearing dirty clothes. Yes, I'm, as I'm a solution. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Because again, it is, you spray a little perfume on it and all is good. No one will know. I wish I uh, wish
1: I had the problem of kids not wanting to wear dirty clothes. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be opposite. I have to do checks where I'm like uh, I feel like you were wearing that Thursday. (laughs) How many days has it been? I love that. I love that. But I do find that that solution of just being like, all right, we're going to be late and we'll live. That is like the one. It diffuses it. Yeah, It does. It does. Because
2: Um, when you're thinking... In that frantic mode, yeah. you are acting as if the world will end if you don't get your kids right. to and school time. and then your kids time. feel that, and it and is. They remember, freak out and anymore, right. It really feels like it. It, it does because like... because we frame it like I'm gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. it's
1: it totally, it's totally. It, like, it oh is. My God. It's this yeah.
2: very strange way we interpret these very benign challenges as if we are going yeah. to die. Yes. And so if you can reorient yourself, say, oh, no, no, this isn't yeah. one of those. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. not, going you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're just
0: undead right now.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not going to die. You might suffer a little social, you know, sanctioning, like the teacher may call you. Right. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. But if you really are clear about your values and meaning, the teacher's call is not going to be also going to be that bad. It's like, oh, yeah, well. Guess what, I loved my kids this morning. We taught them some coping skills, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, we were late, sorry for you, <laughs> right? It's gonna, be, yeah. it's gonna be more like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you for sharing all of this with us, for the this, mindfulness practice tips, and um, for huh, helping us, even in this moment, me and Dave, I think I feel like really yeah, I, I like Do you really, do you you, are, you, are you just
2: flattering me? Do you really no, feel I, better? I do think. And I, I actually, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say,
1: so between now and when's our next one of these? Do you know? I don't know yet. I think it's like a couple weeks from now, right? Something like that. So between now and then, I'm going to try every night to do the list. And so what are the three things I'm supposed to do on the list? Well, you you
2: can choose whatever three you want. I have four. One is a meditation. Okay. One is ex- gratitude. Feeling it and expressing it actually is even better. Like writing it down. Yeah. Well, I, I write it down what I was grateful for, but if it's for like someone, like yeah, sure, like actually, like, say, I do really appreciate both of you getting to spend this time with you. It's been Likewise. really fun, yeah. and just Steve, enjoy. I appreciate you as a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you bringing me on with this project. So, um, you have to mean it. I do <laughs> I mean it. Yeah, okay. sure. um, <laughs> so um, gratitude, connection. So, so, so some kind of meaningful social connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it includes writing, just doing some writing.
1: Okay. So all right, I'm going to try. I'll try to do all 4 we mm-hmm. We'll see how I do. Or okay. Actually, want, I'll four, tell myself. The
2: fourth thing is like a choice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's there also thing thing for, for me. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. You know what I'll do to make it a little easier? I'll do every night. I'll try to do three out of the four, but I'll mix yeah. it up. Great. And so we'll right. see how it goes. And see
2: how it so, goes. I'll, I'll be really interested. You'll report okay. back.
1: So yeah. I will, yeah, I'll report back. Excellent. Next. Okay. Next podcast. Ooh. Uh,
2: cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And if the whole
0: world says that we're correct, The department of psychology for supporting this podcast and also to all of the brains at asu that help make this podcast happen uh, includes people in lots of different centers and uh, aspects of asu uh, especially grateful uh, to have a strategic initiative called the interdisciplinary cooperation initiative which is helping to make this Podcast possible, and also to the Lincoln Center for Applied Ethics for their support as well, and my lab, the Octopus Lab, the Cooperation and Conflict Lab, for all of their help with putting this podcast together, and of course the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance. I I love you guys. If you want to follow us, we are on Twitter and Instagram, just Zombified Pod. On Patreon, we're Zombified, and our website is zombified.org. So thank you again to all of the brains that helped to make this podcast possible and everybody who has shared their brains with me. Um, So now that we're done with the credits, I'm going to share a little bit of my brain with you. Um, So... I usually will tell a little story or talk about my work or offer a little speculation. And I'm going to kind of try to do all of those three things this time. um, And hopefully it won't go too, too, too long. So here's this story. I have been thinking about stress for a long time, partially because I constantly am getting stressed out when i am around my husband and he is stressed and it's like i can't help but like take on his stress or feel his stress he'll be like sitting next to me doing his email and he'll like sigh like that kind of like (sighs) and immediately i'm all stressed and it's like i wasn't even stressed but then like i heard him Make an exasperated sigh, and now I'm all stressed out. And so I was wondering, I have been wondering for a long time about that. And um, this led me to some wild speculations, which uh, are now actually in a paper that I have under review, review Reviewer Two. I hope you like it. Um, So here's the idea What if stress is partially contagious because of microbes. All right, hear me out. So we know that microbes can play a role in anxiety and in depression. And there are a bunch of studies with mice that show that you can change the mood and the exploratory behavior and other aspects of mice's personalities sort of if you want to say that they have personalities by changing their microbiomes and we also know that in humans uh, different microbes are associated with different moods and different mood disorders and you can actually move people around in terms of sort of aspects of their psychology and mental health by administering microbes so all this work is early but there are some clear results, at least in animal models, that there is some causative effect of microbes on our, as mammals, our mental states. Okay, so if you take that idea, we know that microbes have some effects on stress anxiety. And we have known, like, forever that microbes are transmissible, right? Like, that's the germ theory of disease. So if we just take those two ideas, and then we just put them together, right? So microbes can affect our stress anxiety, and microbes are transmissible through social contact. Then that leads to the hypothesis, at least, that microbes might be a way of transmitting stress. So, yeah, so my husband, Carlo, I don't let him breathe on me when he's stressed, that's how I deal with it. All right. Thank you for listening to Zombified, your source for fresh brains. I you know it's crazy, but it seems so logical. I can't deny that there is
1: something supernatural with you. Makes me at the way.
0: whole point of this podcast is to like kind of push boundaries a yeah, little bit yeah. to be a little bit provocative um mm-hmm. it's okay to swear but oh maybe yeah. I maybe not I probably I mean yeah. I do swear I swear a lot <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> if, if you feel like it's important for making fuck your- yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's,
1: that's not recording we check out the levels yeah. to yeah. start
2: originally <laughs> so, funny. so um, yeah. My um, husband's so. from New Jersey, so if I oh. didn't swear before, yeah, a, you yeah, know, right. more nice. than a decade,
0: I swear. Yeah.